Hello there, and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Abuja, Nigeria, and by our European football expert Stuart Weir. Well, on this week's show, we review the final games in 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifying. Heartbreak for Sierra Leone, while Senegal qualified with a 100% record. Playing together as a unit has really been difficult for them to do. Uh, and I do hope that this will be the just beginning of new things for them, uh, for them to be able to show what they're able to do. Ivory Coast legend Yaya Toure left out of Manchester City squad for the UEFA Champions League by manager Pep Guardiola. What's the way forward? Yaya Toure has been a legend at Manchester City. Uh, his time is up because the new manager has come who doesn't really rate him. And, uh, you know, sad though it is, that's the way it goes. And also we continue our look at the transfers involving African players in the top European leagues as Nigeria defender Kenneth Omeruo is loaned out again by Chelsea. Well, that's all coming up later, but to first to the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, which ended last weekend with the final round of games and the six remaining places at the finals in Gabon being decided. Well, if you're listening in Sierra Leone, it must have been very frustrating and disappointing for you as the fairy tale didn't happen, but it was so close. Sierra Leone needed to win away to defending champions Ivory Coast and it ended 1-1, but in the final move of the match, Sierra Leone had an effort cleared off the line with great suspicions of handball. Sierra Leone were hoping to qualify for the first time in 20 years. Well, Desmond Tunde Koka is a sports journalist in Sierra Leone and a regular contributor on our WhatsApp discussions. He went to Buake and Ivory Coast to cover the game. And Desmond says it was not easy for the country, but all the same that people in Sierra Leone have to take heart. And that one of his friends in Ivory Coast sent a message to him saying they didn't deserve to qualify for the Gabon finals. Well, thanks for that insight, Desmond. And Solomon, you have to say, very tough for Sierra Leone. Yes, Steve, uh, it was definitely very tough for Sierra Leone. After 20 years of um, not participating in the Afghan uh, tournament, but at the same time, you have to look at what Sierra Leone have gone through and Sierra Leone's football have gone through in, in the last uh, uh, few years, you know, from administrative uh, problems where there's just a whole lot of problems between uh, different top administrators to the election of the Sierra Leone Football Association president to uh, clubs not participating in the league and the league being suspended. So there's been quite a lot of uh, challenges around that. They gave a good account of themselves in the last game against uh, the defending champions, Ivory Coast. Of course, it was going to be really difficult for them playing a very experienced side. Uh, but credit must go to them and also to their coach, Sela Tete, uh, who was actually seconded by the Ghanaian Football Association. The good thing about it also, we've seen great players coming through for Sierra Leone like Kai Kamara, Mohamed Kamara. And it's been a, sort of a, a positive uh, adventure for them to be able to uh, get more experience, be able to identify new players and be able to build a team, hopefully, uh, for the future. Well, painful for Sierra Leone, but at last, Uganda got their turn, qualifying for the Nations Cup for the first time since 1978 with a 1-0 win over Comoros in Kampala. 
This follows a few near misses in recent years, so you have to feel happy for Uganda fans, Solomon. Stevie, it was definitely a good day and a great day for uh, Ugandan football, for a lot of the football fans also. It was a day they've been looking forward to. And you have to remember, like, all the players that played in that game, none of them was born the last time Uganda played in the Africa Cup of Nations. <laughs> so it is indeed, a, uh, it's been a long wait. And even the coach, uh, you know, Coach Micho, he was just about eight months when Uganda participated in the Africa Cup of Nations. 40,000 uh, fans that troop into uh, the stadium uh, to support them in Nambule, uh, you know, to be able to say, look, hey, we know we can make it. The Cranes, I believe, deserve it. I think for the last three, four years, they've been building and building and building. And and I saw, you know, a couple of players coming through for Uganda, a couple of players really making it and 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 really playing overseas. And, and the way Uganda has been playing in, in the last you know, five, six years, they've come close to qualifying a few times. And, and it just shows that, you know, they, they really want it and they really want to get back at the top of it. And But we look forward to having them in Gabon and also having the Ugandan fans for the first time in a very, very long time. Well, big congratulations to Uganda for qualifying. And what else caught your eye in the last round of qualifiers? Steve, there's been some great results, shocking results, and also the, the game between Ghana and uh, Rwanda is one of that. Ghana drew 1-1 against uh, Rwanda. We have to remember that Ghana rested top stars, Jordan Ayew uh, and Kristen Asu, uh, while the young Benjamin Tete made the most of his opportunity by scoring his first international goal to give the host uh, the lead. People were expecting Ghana to you know, just run over Rwanda. But you have to remember also, uh, for the team, before the uh, the game, the Ghanaian coach wanted to make sure that he has uh, all his players available. And the Ghanaian FA actually said, look, we don't have the resources, the finances to bring down the players uh, that you need for this game. So Andre Ayu, a West Ham United striker and also Ghanaian captain, decided to put his, his money in it and say, look, OK, I would get the flight tickets for some of the players to be in camp. Because the coach needed to have them just so he would uh, keep building towards uh, the World Cup qualifiers and also the African Nations Cup in Gabon. Uh, so a bit of uh, differences there between the coach and the, and the FA. The game between Nigeria and uh, Tanzania in Uyo, in the southern part of Nigeria, we saw a game that was great. We saw a lot of opportunities created by the Nigerian side. Uh, wasted opportunities. Uh, John Mikel Obi played some great game. You know, he's been playing lately. Great game for Nigeria uh, as a midfielder, creating opportunities. We saw Odion Igalo missing, you know, clear call chances. Uh, Hamid Musa not really finding his rhythm. Uh, but then Nigeria got that classic goal uh, from Manchester City striker Kelechi Hinecho. He got that goal, long range, left foot at top of the roof, and and that was just it. And the play and the players and and the fans were, were quite happy. So some result there that you know a lot of people felt Nigeria you know should have won two three nil. But kind of those days, I think football is becoming a very level playing field for 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 different nations. 
Cameroon maintained their place, also atop Group M, with an easy 2-0 win against Gambia. Uh, you know, they got goals from Benjamin Mukanjo and Carl Toko Ikambi. It was good for Cameroon. They've already qualified already. But I feel, you know, Cameroon lately, they've not been showing a lot of consistency. Now they're beginning to gradually begin to say, look, we need to show consistency. We know we have the players. We know we have the team. We know we have what it takes for us to be able to, to perform well. We need to go back to where we uh, used to be in Africa and world football, where we are known for, uh, you know, our our physical play, uh, our great aerial battles, uh, our entertaining football, and, and and every part of it. And and I feel this would really help them, you know, that way. And finally, it was uh, a runaway Group K winner Senegal, you know, who won two 0 against Namibia. Uh, Senegal for me also another team that I actually see as a top-ranked team. I think, for me, in Africa, top-ranked teams are Algeria and, and Senegal. Uh, but Senegal has been really inconsistent. They have a pool of talented players playing all over the world uh, and doing so well. But playing together as a unit has really been uh, difficult for them to do. Uh, and I do hope that this will be the just beginning of new things for them, uh, for them to be able to show what they're able to do. Because we need to see more of Senegal. We need to see them, uh, more of them at the Africa Cup of Nations. We need to see more of them at the World Cup. Uh, you know, they've not been able for me to prove uh, me wrong in the last uh, six or eight years as the most inconsistent uh, but talented African team ever, uh, you know, in, in the last uh, decade. And because they have it, they have what it takes. But they've not been able to really achieve that. So great results for them. And, and, and these teams that qualify, we're definitely going to see quite a lot from them. Yes, Senegal, the only team to win all of their games in qualifying. And they must be among the leading contenders for the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations title. The draw for the groups will be made on the 19th of next month. Thanks to Salomon Ashams in Abuja, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And to the English Premier League now, and the big game this weekend is Saturday's contest between Manchester United and Manchester City. Nigeria's Kelechi Iheanacho, who scored that great goal for his country last weekend, is clearly part of Man City manager Pep Guardiola's plans for the season. But Ivory Coast great Yaya Toure has been left out of City's squad for the UEFA Champions League this season, as Guardiola is only allowed to include 17 foreign players and said there wasn't room for Toure. Well, our European football expert Stuart Weir joins me. He's in Brazil at the moment and, uh, Stuart, humiliating for Toure. And you'd have to ask, why would the coach leave such a great player out of his squad for the Champions League? Well, Steve, I'm still in Rio de Janeiro. And I can't believe it's really two years since you and I were together watching the World Cup. Now, I've been to the Olympics and now this week the Paralympics have started. But despite that, I've just tried to keep one ear on what's happening back home in the Premier League. Now, it is an odd situation that a great player like Yaya Torre has been left out of the Manchester City squad for the uh, Champions League. But if I'm honest, I'm more surprised that Torre is still at Manchester City than that he doesn't feature in the Champions League squad. Because we have to remember that the two were together at Barcelona And Pep Guardiola either didn't like or didn't rate Torrey. They didn't get on well together. So I would have said that when Pep Guardiola was appointed manager of City halfway through last season, the writing was very much on the wall for Torrey. 
and I'm very surprised that he didn't take his opportunity to leave the club in the summer, knowing that he was likely to struggle under the new manager. And, you know, that's not in any way a reflection on Tory. It's simply uh, horses for courses, players who fit, players who don't. Uh, Joe Hart is far from being the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League, but already Guardiola has dispensed with him. He's a manager who will take the tough decisions, and he's done that with Tory. Now, that's, in a way, Guardiola establishing himself trying to show that he is boss, trying to show everyone, I should say, really, that he will make decisions that he thinks are right. And even though Yaya Torre has been a legend at Manchester City, uh, his time is up because the new manager has come who doesn't really rate him. And, uh, you know, sad though it is, that's the way it goes. You know, Joe Hart has been a Manchester City legend. He's gone. Because Guardiola made clear that he wasn't going to make him his number one. He would get some games off the bench. He would play in the League Cup and the lesser competitions. But sadly, it's the same with Yaya Torre. I suppose we'd have to say, too, that as Torre gets older, he is no longer the force that he was. He's no longer the undroppable player. Guardiola wants to build his own team, and Yaya Torre is clearly not part of that. And Torre's agent says the player wants to fight on and prove himself and also said that Guardiola should apologise to Torre if Manchester City failed to win the Champions League. Uh, A rather ridiculous comment, I'd say. But uh, wouldn't Torre have been better off moving to another club as the signs were there as soon as Guardiola took over? If I'm honest, I've never been a real fan of Torre's agent and this thing that if City win the Champions League, then he will come and say that Guardiola is the best manager ever, and if he doesn't, that he'll demand an apology. I mean, that's just rhetoric. And that. But I think that Gaia Torre has probably made a mistake in not leaving City uh, as soon as he heard that Pep Guardiola was the new manager. It, in one sense, it's laudable for him to say, I'm going to fight for my place. But if the coach doesn't rate you, the coach has passed business and history with you, it's just not going to work. Well, sure, and speculation is rising that Yaya Toure might leave Manchester City in the January transfer window, despite those comments that he wants to fight for his place at City. We'll continue to follow this story. And, Stuart, before you go, your thoughts on the Manchester derby? In some ways, I think it's come too early in the season because if we look at how the season has started, Manchester City were always going to be a force. Could Guardiola win something in his first season? It's a big question. Mourinho has got Manchester United firing on all cylinders. But what a shame that this game isn't coming perhaps 15 games into the season rather than after just less than one month. Uh, Manchester United, with a home advantage, will be desperately keen to get one over on their neighbours. It'll be interesting to see whether Kelechi Iheanacho can make an impact on the game. But, you know, what Manchester United have been doing this season, which they didn't do under David Moyes and Van Hal, you know, whatever the positives you can say about both the previous managers, they're winning games and they're looking as if they can win something. So they're in a great position. Uh, they're at home to their rivals. But then City have looked good too. So it'll be a fascinating game. Uh, sadly for me that it's just come a little bit too early in the season. 
Yeah, sure. But, uh, well, it should be a great game nonetheless. Thanks a lot to Stuart Weir. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, a look at some key transfers involving Africans in the top leagues of Europe. Now you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download it, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and also access past programs in our archive. And you can listen to the show too on our website, that's planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Follow us on Twitter, at planetsportfa is our handle. And now we turn to WhatsApp and to Facebook. And last week on the show, we looked at some of the big-name transfers involving African players in the English Premier League. Ivory Coast striker Wilfred Bonney moved to Stoke City from Manchester City on loan for the season, the move happening on transfer deadline day. So after a disappointing spell at Man City, we asked, is this a good move for Wilfred Bonney? Well, on Facebook, Festen Walelo James in Malawi says Bonnie is a good player and he can improve his career if he plays every game for Stoke City this season. And Festen adds, pick up, my boy. Africa is with you. Also on Facebook, Abli Osise in the Gambia says that's a good move for the Ivorian and I hope he'll rediscover his scoring touch at the Britannia Stadium. Tumani Kole also in the Gambia says, of course, it's a very good move for Bonnie. He really needs playing time to rejuvenate himself and at Man City he's not guaranteed regular playing time. But Thierry Tarr in Bamenda, Cameroon says simply no. And Thierry adds that Manchester United will be the Premier League champions this year. Well, we'll see about that, uh, Thierry, but it's been a bright start for United under Jose Mourinho. On to what's up, and Sonny Armstrong from Limbe in Cameroon got in touch for the first time. Great to have you with us, Sonny. He says moving from City to Stoke was the best move for Bonnie. With Pep Guardiola, he had no chance, so it's a wise move to revive himself and recover from the slumber of last season. At Stoke, he'll become a household name as he was at Swansea City, says Sonny. Nuhu Bakayoko is in Libya, and Nuhu says, oh yes, that's a good move for Bonnie. I think he'll be playing more for Stoke than he was at Man City. Ebrima Amber Barrow in the Gambia says it's a really good move because if he stays at Man City, he won't have playing time. Moving to Stoke will surely help him a lot. From Sierra Leone, Alfred Lightfoot-Taylor says what he needs is playing time. We all saw what he did when he was at Swansea, having a very successful spell there before moving to Man City. Usainu Nije in the Gambia says in the first place he shouldn't have moved from Swansea. That's where he got it all wrong. Barnabas Ande in Nigeria says that's the best move in this transfer window for Africa. Bonnie is a good striker who needs to play. I hope he fulfills his potential at Stoke City. Indeed, and uh, the comment about Bonnie needing playing time is repeated by many of our listeners this week. Albert Kadzombe in Malawi says it is the right move because he'll have more game time, as does Michael Johnson in Sierra Leone. Duruchidi Reginald in the Gambia says Bonnie needs more playing time. He really needs to improve and show Pep Guardiola that he's a good striker. Abdullah Balde also in the Gambia says yes, it's a very good move because he wasn't having enough playing time. The likes of Aguero and Iheanacho kept him down the pecking order. 
Alfred Mdimba in Malawi says, I hope so. He has to try his luck. It's good for him to be in the first team rather than always on the bench. Lamine Sane in the Gambia thinks Bonnie could have gone to another team. He says it's disappointing in terms of not finding a better club. At the least, he should have looked for a team that will be playing in Europe. Fode Nji, also in the Gambia, says yes, it's a great move after his disastrous stint with Man City. It's important that he needed to move somewhere to get game time, and I'd be surprised if his move is not made permanent with the Potters. He has no future with City under Pep, so he's got to leave, says Fode. So interesting point there. Let's uh, see what happens. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in South Korea. Uh, Gemo says, I think it's a good move for Bonnie because he definitely needs the playing time. He's a good player, but the pressure was too much for him and he couldn't play up to the expectations at Man City. I hope he does gain his confidence again and start scoring the goals. And finally, Musa Jalu in the Gambia says, of course, it's a good move for Bonnie because he's not been in good form. Maybe he'll pick up good form at Stoke City. I hope so. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you. Uh, we won't be having a WhatsApp question this week, but we will do on next week's show. Well, now let's continue our look at the transfers involving African players in the top leagues of Europe. Last week we talked about France, Belgium and Germany. And Oloshina Okaleji joins me again from Lagos in Nigeria. Oloshina is normally based in France. And uh, let's start in Turkey, Shina, and Nigeria defender Kenneth Omeruo, who we heard from on the show a few weeks ago, has been loaned out yet again by Chelsea, this time to Alanya Spor in Turkey for the season. The move to Turkey is a swift return to the Super League for centre-back Omeruo after a lone stint at Kansipasha last term. He was a regular in the Kansipasha side, making 26 appearances, but the Turkish club could not take up the option to buy him at the end of his loan spell. The 22-year-old Nigeria international has yet to play for the Blues since joining in January 2012 and has now been sent on loan for a fourth time. Omeru joined Chelsea from Belgian side Standard Liège and has since been on loan at Ado Den Haag in the Netherlands and twice at championship side Middlesbrough. Another super eagle has also landed in Turkey. Ogeni Onazi says he has moved to Turkey to clear his head after joining Tramzonspor from Lazio. The Nigeria international midfielder, 23, has signed a four-year contract after leaving Italy for personal reasons. Onazi spent five years with Lazio, who he joined from Nigerian club My People FC, and scored seven goals in 110 appearances for the capital side. Interestingly, Onazi scored twice on his debut for Trabzonspor in their 2-0 win on the opening day of the Turkish season. Both Onazi and Omeru won the Nations Cup with Nigeria in 2013 and was part of the squad that reached the round of 16 at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Senegalese midfielder Moussa So has rejoined Giants Fenerbahce on loan from United Arab Emirates club Al-Ali Dubai. He had previously spent three years at the club, winning the Turkish title and Super Cup in 2014 before moving to the UAE. 26-year-old Algeria international Nabil Gilas has joined Gaziantepspor on a two-year deal from FC Porto. Cameroonian goalkeeper Charles Itonje also joined the same club from rivals Rizespor. So lots of African activity in Turkey. And what about Italy and the Netherlands and Spain? Now let's start in Italy where a Nigeria Olympic star has been on the move. 
Nigerian forward Sadiq Umar, who scored four goals as Nigeria won an Olympic bronze medal in the men's football last month, has joined Bologna on loan from AS Roma. Promoted to the first team last season, the 19-year-old has left the capital city for the northeast of the country in search of regular football and experience. Kievo Verona also snapped up DR Congo midfielder Paul Jose Mpoku from Standard Liège for a fee of 4 million euros, but immediately loaned him out to Greek club Panathinaikos. In the Netherlands, Moroccan midfielder Akim Ziyech became the most expensive transfer in Dutch league this summer by joining Ajax on a five-year deal from rivals FC20 for a fee of 11 million euros. In Spain, Ghana midfielder Kevin Prince Boateng joined Las Palmas on a one-year deal, having been without a club after leaving AC Milan. The 29-year-old scored on his Spanish La Liga debut as his new side La Palmas beat Valencia 4-2 at the Mestalla. Boateng repaid Las Palmas for declaring him their most important foreign player by scoring in the 31st minute. Meanwhile, Real Betis signed Algeria World Cup defender Aissa Madi from relegated French side Rance for a fee of 4 million euros. Well, good to hear of that move for Kevin Prince Boateng, who scored that great goal for Ghana against the USA in the second round of the 2010 FIFA World Cup. And elsewhere, Sheena, a good-looking transfer for a Sierra Leonean. Well, in Denmark, Sierra Leone striker Mustafa Bundu, who was released by English seven-tier side Erreford FC in June because he was not eligible to play in Southern League South and West due to visa restrictions, has joined AGF Harus in the Danish top flight. Bundu had arrived in England from the Craig Bellamy Foundation and excelled with Apri College, where a number of football league clubs wanted his signature, but has earned a one-year professional contract in Denmark. And some rising African stars make their way through countries like Sweden and Norway. Anything of note there? Nothing much happening in the Scandinavia, apart from the fact that Chinedu Obasi, the first Nigerian to play for his country at all levels, the under-17, under-20, under-23 and the senior side, has signed a short-term deal with Swedish top-flight club AIK. The 30-year-old was released by Bundesliga club Schalke last summer after making just 10 league starts in three years. He'll be looking to silence his critics in Sweden. After all, he's been written off as a bad goods by many who say his injury troubles had actually blighted a once-promising career. So that could revive Chinedu Obasi's career, maybe. Thanks a lot to our African football expert, Oluwashina Okaleji. Well, finally on the show, Stuart Weir has come up with a list of his top 10 African players in the English Premier League. So far, we've talked about Nwanko Kanu and Michael Essien. This time, Stuart has perhaps a somewhat unlikely candidate. It may seem surprising to include Sadio Mane in my 10 Premier League legends after only two seasons with Southampton. But I have been impressed with what he's achieved in a short time. So much so that he's been signed by Liverpool for a fee that is believed to be the highest ever paid by a Premier League club for an African player. He moved from Senegal to France in 2011 when he was 19, and in his first season at Metz, he got 12 starts, scored one goal in what was a really difficult season for Metz as they were relegated. Early in the next season, he was transferred to Austria to FC Salzburg. 
And in three seasons there, he scored 31 goals at almost a goal every two games. While that's an impressive record, Austrian club football is not really the highest standard in Europe. So when he signed for Southampton, he was still something of an unknown quantity. In his first season, he got 24 starts, six appearances off the bench and scored 10 goals. To go straight into the first team of a Premier League club, having come from a country where he's playing at a lower level, and to score 10 goals was a really impressive start to his Premier League career, all the more so as he was absent for up to two months of that season playing at the Africa Cup of Nations. And his 10 goals included an incredible performance when Southampton beat Aston Villa 6-1 and Sadio Mane scored three goals in two minutes, 56 seconds. Needless to say, that's a Premier League record. He continued his good form, again getting into double figures for goals in the Premier League, not to mention scoring for Southampton in the Europa League and three goals in domestic competitions, as well as three for Senegal, all within a 12-month period. One aspect of his play which does need to improve is his discipline. When he was in Austria, he got three red cards and has received two red cards for Southampton, one of them when he got two yellow cards within the space of 60 seconds. On another occasion, he was dropped from the team for turning up late for a team meeting, which Ronald Kuhlman, the manager, described as disrespectful to his teammates. But we have to remember that Manny is just 24, still learning his trade, and has made a great start in the Premiership. And frankly, it would not surprise me at all to see him move to one of the top Premier League clubs within the next year or two. Well, thanks very much, Stuart. And uh, the future surely is very bright for Senegal striker Sadio Mane. Well, that's it for this week's show from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Lashoms and Oloashina Okaleji in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.